Hello everyone and welcome to the first of our podcast series. My name is Beverly Power and I'm the current chairperson for the registered charity CDH UK. Today's podcast is focusing on child bereavement and in particular baby loss. This week the 9th to the 15th of October is National Baby Loss Awareness Week and we hope that by sending out this podcast we can at least educate the public out there about how to help a bereaved uh, mother, a bereaved father, a bereaved family member, even a bereaved friend, and to also help to support Baby Loss Awareness Week. With me today, I have got three bereaved mothers. They've all got their own stories to tell, and the first of them is Lisa. Hello, Lisa, and welcome to the podcast. Hi. We've also got Claire. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, ladies. And we've also got Anail. Hi, Anail. Welcome. Hello. So we're going to go through um, some sort of questions that we think may be helpful um, for the listener. Um, first of all, I think it might be helpful if we sort of go around and and sort of talk about when exactly um, did we lose our children? Lisa, do you want to start? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, so we lost our little Alice in June 2017. Um, it's a date that we'll never forget. And uh, yeah, it was just a special day for us. We got to meet our little girl and sadly had to say goodbye to her. But we'll always love her. I um I lost Ronnie in June 2016. Um, he was born on the third, and he passed away on the 22nd of June. So I got a very precious three weeks with him. And, then... and uh, we lost Chloe on the 8th of August 2017, and it was the day after she and her twin sister Lola was born. They were born on the 7th, and 18 hours later on the 8th. Chloe passed away. Well, thank you for telling us about your um, beautiful and, and very much wanted and waited for children. Um, how how would you say it it has affected the family? I mean, it's a devastating situation. Um, but but how how has it affected you and your family? Um, you know the, the the things that perhaps you wouldn't think about in what ways Lisa do you want to kind of give us your experience yeah I think the um, saddest part about losing Alice is like we've lost uh, a part of our family that we didn't have time to make special memories with although we talk about her all the time um, it's just it just feels like every now and then you miss out on times like my little boy, he misses out on his sibling. He often asks mummy, you know, why did Alice have to die? So we have to explain, you know, Alice was very poorly, but wherever we are, Alice is up in the sky. And um, whenever he looks up and whenever we look up, we always give her a little smile. We blow her a little kiss and we just try and make the time that we had with Alice, a special time. We had her for 12 hours and they were very precious hours. And some mummies and daddies, they don't get that. Um, 
we got to sing to her, we got to get her christened and that all meant so much, but we just miss her every day and just wish that she could really be here with us. Of course. And Claire, what about you? I think um, it's massive, isn't it? When you get, I mean, when couples come together and they have children, you just expect, you expect that you'll one, get pregnant and it'll be fine. You, you know, you'll have the baby and it'll all be fine. And Ronnie was my second um, son as well. So you kind of, you've been through it before. You've known all the joys and the bringing the baby home and enjoying the maternity leave with them. And you've done all that. And so you kind of have a bit of a taste of what, parenthood is like and how it can go smoothly and you can have all these joys but then you you one of them things that you think always happens to someone else it's just and I've lost people close to me um mm. but there's nothing on the scale of losing a child it's just mm. even when we everything that we do in life I think we um we always test first we never we'll never let our child do anything that we wouldn't do first so even when it comes to putting them in the bath we'll test the water mm. we'll when we're feeding them, we'll test how hot the food is. We'll never, and to let, and for them to face death before you is just, it's mm. on another level. Mm. And it's something that we, we have to, it changes you as a person. You know, I'm not the Claire that I was before I had Ronnie and before I lost Ronnie. Um, and the same for my husband and my closest family around me. It just completely changes you as a person. So that to me is the biggest thing. And that it, your immediate family, when you lose other people, like it could be a parent or a grandparent, they're not part of your immediate family unit. So you have to try and move forward without that person. So that yeah. to me is the thing. Okay. And what about you? And you know, the, what is the, the major impact in your everyday family life, do you think? Can you describe it? I think it tainted everything, especially as it's a very like peculiar situation as we've got a twin sister here so every single milestone every everything she does and achieves is tainted although we like 100% happy there's always that taint like there should have been two the Chloe should have been there and reaching those milestones as well and it changes like especially me like I don't have time for people messing around mm. and like I'm very much more clear-cut on mm. who I allow around me and what I allow around me and my children sure. and I think we talk a lot more even with my partner and my other daughter is 12 and I think he opened dialogue there right and would would you say that um, you know, we talk about the impacts on, on daily family life um, and, and that's, I suppose, you know, the audience may think of that as a negative um, question to ask. But in actual fact, I think Anil's just pointed out as well that for her, there was a positive in that they talk much more now. Um, and not that, you know, that, that is something to kind of, um, oh, well, you know, but we, we, we talk about negative experiences. So, so what have you found helpful? You know, let, let's talk about a positive side of things. What, what would you say, maybe it's um, an action of a, of a person or um, something you've read or something you've seen or been to or experienced? Um, Lisa would you like to kick off with that one 
Um, I think a, a positive from it is that it's brought me and my husband much closer together. Um, we're on a, a same level where he'll know what I'm feeling. I'll know what he's feeling. Um, it's just, we just always know that we're always parents of two children. We've got our lovely Henry. We've got our beautiful daughter, Alice. And no matter what, no one can ever take away from us is that we're always a little perfect family because at the end of the day, Alice will always, always be part of our life. And when we think of her, we smile. Mm. Um, Even down to little things, we went on holiday and our little boy, while we were on the aeroplane, asked if he would see Alice because we said she's in the sky. And it's quite a nice way for him to think of it. And it's just... It's just a nice feeling that he talks about Alice because he's he will carry her on throughout everything that we do. Um, you know, it, sometimes he says that he's talking to her and and we just try and live life through him and what we would have been doing with Alice. And, you, you know, I know... You sorry. find that helpful to, to talk with your family? That's a, a helpful... Yeah, because I I never want her to be forgotten because, Mm. like I say, we had 12 hours and that's 12 precious hours that no one will ever take away from us. And just a positive thing was we didn't know uh, that we were having a little girl. And when they told us in the hospital that we'd had a girl, my husband's face was just a picture that no one will ever, ever take away from me. And I always have that happy part of me. Lovely. Claire, what, what... What did you or do you find helpful? Um, I agree with Lisa. I think it's keeping them current, bringing them into the, the you know, it was 2016 when, when we had to say goodbye to Ronnie. But um, today, you know, well, family and friends will still include him. He should have started nursery school in September, just gone. And I think um, everyone around us still talking about him and mentioning him. Um, we involve him in every family thing that we do, you know, um, we personally have him in an Ashes Bear. So just the other day, the boys were dressed up and uh, they both dressed up as Spider-Man and they put the Ashes Bear in a little miniature Spider-Man. And it's just, for us, it's um, a way, it's, some people would say it's they can't cope with that. You know, it's a quite a modern way of um, grieving. But for me, it's having him around and we can all have a cuddle with him and, mm. you know, keeping him close to us and things yeah. like that. Um, it's kind of it's like a physical thing because you're missing that physical thing you know you 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 have the image in your mind and you know the images from birth from you know being in the neonatal intensive care unit but you've not that physical tangible so I think the bear with the ashes is a a really lovely it's changing the stigma as well I think yeah when it comes to Christmas and birthdays and things like that, or if we get a family Christmas card, all my friend, close friends and family, they write his name on the card because he's part oh, of our that's unit. Lovely. That's not really lovely. Life. And years ago, they didn't do that. Women used no. to lose babies and they were never, they never even had a photograph. They were never spoke about. And that's just because that was society's way of, oh, don't mention it, it'll go away. Absolutely. Whereas we're changing that, you know, you, you are able to mention children that aren't here anymore physically. Yeah, so that helps me. And Ail, is there anything you particularly find helpful? 
I, I do agree with like including Chloe in everything. There's pictures of her in the montage we have with all with the girls. She's one of my girls. Mm. So everything I collect pandas and I'll buy them in three because the panda bears are my panda bear cubs. So they're, they're my children. Mm. So there's always like the special ornaments on the tree with the three girls' names with different colors. She's got her collar. Um, like every every we've got rituals as well if we visit a new places we'll pick up a rock a pretty rock or a pebble to put at the bottom of a tree we planted oh, for her in the garden so and it's just very little things like to make sure she's included we don't force ourselves it just mm-hmm. became just natural just to include her in those little things and that's really helpful and knowing that and especially talk, telling people, because sadly enough, we have to tell people mm-hmm. that it's okay to mention Chloe. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to want to see pictures. It's okay. It won't hurt us. What hurts us is her being ignored. Yeah. Well, I was going to go on to the next question because we've talked about things that we find helpful um, and just to summarize including them in special occasions not forgetting them don't be frightened to say their name we love to hear their name don't cross over when you see us you know include us in everything be friendly with us include our children mm. those are the things that we find helpful what would you say that the things that we find really unhelpful that don't help perhaps with the grieving process that kind of take you back, that put you back a step? I mean, you know, what is really unhelpful? Can we educate here? Can we use this podcast to educate? Um, Maybe, um, Lisa, do you want to start off again with this one? Yeah, I think um, sometimes when you look on Facebook, you see people kind of, saying oh my children are driving me mad this is just oh you know I wished I'd never had you and things like that that can be a really hurtful comment because you know at the bottom of your heart all you really wanted was to be that mum saying Henry Alice will you stop doing that because I remember that's what we spoke about when we were trying to think of a name for Alice Mm -hmm. and it's just um, it's sometimes hard when you see there's adverts on the television um that can get you a little bit thinking wow that you know my baby was that small and why is that fair and Mm. it just becomes sometimes it's just really quite hard to try and stay positive and and when people feel that they can't talk about Alice or talk about anyone who's lost a child I find that really difficult because Mm. you carried your baby for that long and to try and forget them is something that you don't ever Mm. want to do yeah, absolutely. Claire, what what would you like to say to the listener? What What's really unhelpful? How can attitudes change? How can people be more helpful? I think pity's a really, it's just, it doesn't, you can, you can feel pity and you can sense it and it just, it's, an, it's awful to be a recipient of that because you'd rather somebody, it's a lot of cliches that can be said as well and, you know, it just does it just to be honest and say it's horrendous I can't imagine what you're going through yeah just, just be honest 
you know, you enter into a conversation about the yeah. reasons and why you should this and why you shouldn't yeah. that. Just you have more children, or you can do this, or at least you had some time. Or it's just be honest and just say, do you know, what? I can't imagine what you're going through. It must be, it must be awful. That we, we much appreciate that rather than I had. Um, I lost. You lose friends through this because people, as much as you say to them, just treat me normal. I mean, I can have children. I don't have infertility problems, but I had. Yeah friends who are having babies and they keep the babies away wouldn't invite they wouldn't they wouldn't invite me around to see the baby when the baby was born or they, they wouldn't include me in or maybe not invite me to a baby shower or something and just put the invite out there treat me as normal and let me decide if i'm yeah. if i can do that that's a really good point yeah is is to not preempt what the bereaved parent is going to actually say. I'm sorry, we seem to have some interference. I'm not sure um, if the listener can hear that, but we do apologise. Um, you know, these ladies are dialing in from home and, and we're trying to sort of do this around everyday activities. Sorry, carry on, Claire. Someone might have a washer on the go there. They're uh, multitasking, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're used to that. <laughs> and the other, the other point that I make is that... Um, child loss I think it made me really really vulnerable so I'm, I'm a really confident person um, but I just at the time I um I just reverted into a child myself I didn't want to be left alone and, and I think when it comes to the funeral and things like that that people can get offended and things and I think you've got to remember that nobody knows until they're in that position um, how they're going to cope with it and we decided that the funeral would be quite um, close and private and things yeah. and the wake would be more of a celebration and things and I think that upset people but I think they've just got to people have got to remember that this is new to us we have never been through this before so mm. bear with us and, and just support us yeah absolutely and Ail, do you do you want to to let us know what you feel um, is really unhelpful or you know um, could be done better I agree with Claire. I think it's the pity that we get in the eyes of the people that are really close to us and people trying to put us in bubble wrap, like we're made out of really thin crystals, just like we're coping. If we're out and about, if we come, that means we can deal. And sometimes we might cry, sometimes we might crumble a bit, but it's okay. And just what I would say to people in the entourage of, um, bereaved parents or people is just follow their lead they'll tell you what is okay and what is not ask them is it okay to talk about it is it okay to go out just don't forget us and we're still people although our world's been turned upside, um, upside down we're still the people you knew we're a bit broken but we're still there mm -hmm. and we we live we breathe we talk we can have a conversation and other than our babies, although in the beginning it will be all we talk about, but just yeah, follow, don't pity us, just follow our lead. Mm -hmm. And what about language? Do you think, do you think that um, language used around um, grief and, and bereaved families uh, needs to change? Is there anything, you know, we can tell the listener perhaps of things you know I mean I, I, I'm I'm personally um, 
kind of in favour of not saying to people, you should not do that or you cannot do that, but to say it is perhaps better if you... So if we were going to get that message, is there anything you know we could say to, to the listener? Perhaps say this to a, to a bereaved parent. So to give you an example, um, quite a lot of people refer to um, you know, the fact that, um, oh, well, you can go on and have another child. You know, there'll always be, you're still young. I mean, I, I find that a really unhelpful thing to say. What, what about you guys? I mean, is that something that you just absorb and you inwardly, you know, want to say something, but you haven't got the confidence to say it? Are you really not bothered or do you think, that it's time that people started to take on board their language and 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 try use different things i mean what are your thoughts who wants to go first i think that um, you want to come in here i think it's a good it's a good example that you give there because that's just like saying oh you can have more children it's like saying right you've got three children which is your favorite which one would you which one would you would you be able to lose it's all right you've got another two <laughs> you know it's just like um, but I don't. I think what we don't want to do is we don't want to scare people into thinking that they're going to say the wrong thing. So they don't. We don't want them to be walking on eggshells. But I mean, at first, obviously, it's a sensitive time, and and you do struggle, and you don't know how you're going to react. Um, I used to be really quite hot-headed before I lost Ronnie and, and things, but now I'm a bit more. I'm a bit more laid back. My husband's took on that role. He was really laid back, and now he's a bit more of the um, yeah. a bit, bit more bad-tempered. But um, I'm a bit more. Um, I can make a joke out of it. So if someone does say the wrong thing, I um, I just make them feel at ease because I'm glad that they actually tried to speak to me. Um, I think it, I think it, I think it just, just to treat, just again, like um, we were just saying on the previous one, just to treat us normal and have a normal conversation. And then if if the child naturally slips into that conversation, then they naturally slip into it. Um, I always do when you, someone, would you say then that there's too much emphasis on that because I see a lot of things you know flying around the internet Facebook kind of saying you know um, please don't say this to a bereaved parent you shouldn't say this say this instead do you actually think then that, that that's not as important as maybe how family and friends react are you more bothered about that than you are or, or is it is it a you know a more um, heterogeneous thing, you know, there's more than that involved. I mean, you know, Anail, perhaps, you know, what, what do you think about the importance of language? Is, is it that important? It's not, because we all trip up, no matter what subject we address. So if there's something that would offend any bereaved parent, I... I would hope that the parent would say, oh, actually, I'm, done, I'm not quite comfortable with it, but just try. It happens. Mm -hmm. And is, there's no right or wrong way. As I said before, just uh, it's such a personal thing. Somebody mm -hmm. will be able to talk openly about it. The next day, the, someone will have 10 years down the line. It's like, just talk. Mm -hmm. don't worry about what you say because we all trip and that's fine and I mm -hmm. think in my experience the harder thing I had to hear was so as I said I had um, a newborn whilst going through all the funeral arrangement and we went to the funeral parlor 
and the lady that was taking care of us she looked so instead of like focusing on the arrangements for chloe she looked at lola and said oh life is so precious isn't it okay yes it is but we just lost one precious thing so 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 that's an example of language then that that perhaps she could exactly that's the only thing that really hurt me and it's just like we're focusing on our loss we're focusing we're here for chloe and you're focusing on lola telling us life is precious when our baby has died yeah that's that was very that was not very like tactful it was not good exactly exactly do you think do you think maybe i mean obviously she just said she's so beautiful well i think i think in that case it's probably more not the people around us like day to day but it's probably the people actually in the industries that are associated with this which so i take it that was somebody who worked there was that anayla Yes, it was. It was the funeral director. She's around death. She's dealing with it, and I think maybe more education needs to go to people like that that are that are around um, child loss. All my mm. thing, all my difficulties came from um, doctors' surgeries telling me that it's illegal not to register my birth, the birth of my child, and they need to be registered with a doctor. That was my doctor's surgery, and um, the council because he he passed away in a different. Um, area we had to register his death in one area before obviously his birth was registered um so the the my council receiving his death certificate may, meant that they had to then issue with that dated with his birth certificate so they obviously know that he's, he's passed away because they've they've, issued, they've received his death certificate and his birth certificate was posted out to us with in a bounty pack with all vouchers and newborn mm. things and it's it's like yeah. a, lot, a lot of it comes from people that are actually in the industry yeah and we actually we actually did the charity cdh uk we um we did um a questionnaire on uh, discharge and that included the discharge of bereaved families as well and one of the things that came out of that was the lack of communication from the tertiary center the you know the center where where the baby died and the transferal of information to the local trust or the local care team um, you know, and that people were still having midwives knocking on doors, saying we've come to see baby, and you know, parents saying what? I mean, so I think I think we've picked up a really good point there that there is a case that um, maybe we should educate the professionals that are around um, families more than the general public, because the general public, as I think Claire pointed out. I think Lisa may have mentioned as well, in fact, you probably all did, that it's new to a lot of these people. They've never actually had to, um, you know, support a friend that has lost a child uh, or support somebody at work who has lost a child. So we can kind of, we can tolerate that level of naivete. Is, is, am I correct in, in describing it that way? That it's a level of naivete. That's the nail on the head. It's just that the that it's new to them as well. They don't know how to treat us. They don't know how to behave around us. A lot of people haven't had a friend who's been through, you know, what we've been through. Whereas we expect more from people that were in the, the industry. We, we expect that they'll take care of us and that they'll know how to treat us because this is their bread and butter. This is what a lot of the people yeah. that we interact with, you know, they're dealing with this, I mean, on a daily basis. So we just yeah. hope that they would maybe have a bit of training or education in that area yeah absolutely and lisa 
have we got some final thoughts? Um, because I think we've kind of covered, you know, how, you know, what your coping mechanisms are very briefly. I mean, we could literally, I'm sure ladies, we could sit here all day, but I think a message that we've got out of this for a, for a final thought would be um, that we, we all uh, focus on educating the carers, uh, the professional carers um, that, that we come across. Um, and, and what would your be, what would, what, what would a closing remark be for you, Lisa? Um, I think it is just to remember to talk about our babies so that they're not lost and they're always there. Just say their name because it makes you smile when people say their name and talk about your baby with you rather than feeling scared not to. Okay. And what would your closing and final thought be, Claire? I think um, I'm really fortunate that all my friends and family around me are fantastic and they help us keep his memory alive on a daily basis. And um, But to the wider community, I'd just say that, you know, there's a big emphasis on it at the moment because it's been mental health week this week and um, obviously it's baby loss week as well but we shouldn't need that to be um, the reason that we reach out to people who have been bereaved mm-hmm. um, you know not just mental health, mental health but we, we go through this every day this is our onward battle so mm-hmm. but for the rest of our days we will always be I'll always be missing Ronnie and for our friends and family in the wider community just to um, just to include them say the mm-hmm. name and, and allow us to um, involve in the way we do. And Anil, what are your remarks to end the podcast? It would be to the people, the carers, as you said, of the bereaved parents or family is, as I said, just follow the lead. Grief is very personal and intimate and doesn't follow a set path. It's, doesn't fit in one box and it doesn't happen at the same time for everybody and it doesn't come out the same for everybody so follow the the person the bereaved person's lead and just go with it talk to them and they'll guide you into helping them right then well thank you ladies um for for joining cdh uk today for um what we hope will be the first podcast of money um, we've talked about an extremely um, personal um, topic here, something that um, obviously varies between each uh, person and each family, but that ultimately has similarities. And I think uh, the main thing that we've picked out of today is please do not forget, you know, when a mother, father, extended family member loses um, somebody close um, and particularly a baby I think we have to remember that they never stop being a part of that family say their name send those birthday cards buy those presents it would mean the world to these families just don't forget them and to all of the medical professionals and allied healthcare professionals that may be listening today Please listen to the patient organisations when we come and we stand in front of you and we give our talks and presentations and we give you the facts and the figures. Let's action them. Let's work together to make these experiences better, easier 
and the same across the UK and I think that's a message to to put out there so thanks everybody and um, take care and love to everyone listening if there's anybody out there that does need any bereavement support in the first instance if you can contact uh, CDH UK on 0800 791 6991 that is our free phone support line number or alternatively you can email us on support at cdhuk.org.uk and thank you very much for listening thank you thank you